straight out of the timeline and right into your ears. I'm Bell. I'm Kyle. And I'm Will. And this is Legends TV Talk. Fellas, how are you doing tonight? Doing great, doing great. Excited to talk about the Justice Society of America. Yeah, Absolutely. Is- we finally get to see him on screen, huh? Yes, much better episode I thought than last week. It actually the pacing felt a little better, so I'm 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 okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I still missed a couple minutes of it just because uh, you know the greatest cable company in the history of TV and internet decided to just not play part of it after the commercial breaks came back. It was just a black screen for several minutes on a couple uh, like two different points. So uh, I, I'll let you guys fill me in. Uh, it's <laughs> stuff that I'm no, 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 Bell. It's okay. We know you were listening to share albums and you just forgot to go back. It's all good. <laughs> yes, if yes. I could turn back time, and if you I see, could I, find I, a way. I, I couldn't even turn back time on my DVR because the DVR didn't record it either. It was just blank. Oh, really? So, and Kyle, yeah. don't ever do that again. I'm sorry. <laughs> when there's a chance to do share, you got to do share. That's true. <laughs> Sharing yeah. is caring. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're definitely pro share. Well, not pro share, but we're you know we're share agnostic. Yes. <laughs> For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, you should listen to last week's or I guess this week's episode of Flash TV Talk. Assuming any of that made the final cut, which it might not have, but that's another reason to listen live to Flash TV Talk at sometimes Facebook and sometimes Mixler dot com slash Pottery. Also, you can listen to it on the Satchel Podcast Player, which is the greatest podcast player in the history of podcast players. And that is a statement that I can make because it is uh, not legally binding. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) We have performed absolutely no tests. (laughs) And we're on it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it's automatically golden. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, seriously, if we're on it, then, yeah, it's got to be good. (laughs) Well, anywho. This is a great episode, uh, and so why don't we just dig right into it? So let's, I think it's time for a history lesson. (laughs) All right, season two, episode two, The Justice Society of America, directed by Michael Grossman, written by Chris Fedick and Sarah Nicole Jones. Uh, Kyle, why don't you tell us what happened this episode? I will. The legends travel to Nazi-occupied Paris, but find themselves surrounded by the Justice Society of America, a.k.a. the JSA. The Legends discover a time aberration that threatens the JSA, but the JSA wants nothing to do with them or their help. Nevertheless, the Legends force their way into the JSA's mission to intercept and seize a mysterious package. Nate is desperate to prove that he should be part of the team, but he has a secret that he shares with his grandfather, Commander Steele, that might make it difficult. Ray is so focused on impressing the JSA, he puts himself and Vixen in danger. Meanwhile, Stein has stepped in as as the leader with Rip gone, but when decisions aren't being made, Sarah seems to be the one calling the shots. A super serum is ingested by Baron Krager that makes him become a monster capable of capturing and defeating the combined might of the JSA and the Legends. During a final battle, the JSA calls in an airstrike to deal with the Nazis and the Baron, but both Commander Steele and Nate are caught in the blast. Steele manages to recover, but Nate is mortally wounded, requiring Ray to administer the super serum to him and saving his life. Finally, after the battle is won, the JSA returns a stolen artifact to their trophy room, only to have Eobar Thawne come and take the artifact back and killing Rex Tyler before speeding off, leaving his body to be discovered by Vixen. Yeah, so, okay, the two questions that I have here about this. Uh, first off, what was the secret that he shared uh, that Nate shared with Commander Steel because that was one of the parts that cut out, and I, I'm assuming it, that's his hemophilia. Is that what that yeah. was? Okay, okay. Well, that is a Shira fan. Oh, <laughs> but who, who's? Well, I, I guess you know we're not Shira fans, but who's not a Shira fan? <laughs> aside from us, <laughs> I think it's most likely that it's his that that he's his grandfather. No, the secret was the hemophilia. He hadn't okay. told anyone about it. He he. That was just a. That was just a Sarah. Yeah. No. Well, it, he did share it with his grandfather too. I think. Oh, why did I miss that? Already? Yeah. Yeah. See, because yeah, because the, for the first part that I saw it was after the bar fight. Uh, which, by the way, Ray, when someone tells you to heil Hitler, you say yes. <laughs> <laughs> you do it. So you fit in, even if you don't agree with it. 
Yeah. It's time yeah. traveling. Come on. Yeah. Heil Hitler. Yo. I had to throw in the Ghostbusters <laughs> reference because it works so well because Ray's name it is does. Ray. Yeah, right. it does. And, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so, so if you're a god, you say yes. Yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but, but it was, it was crazy. Cause like I, the first time I heard the hemophilia thing was when he was bleeding after the bar fight. And so apparently he had told people before that and I just thought they threw that in there and it felt really weird. So that makes a lot more sense if they, you know, I could, I could be wrong on that. You know what? Now that I think about it, it was Sarah, this is what you get for doing the podcast an hour after the show and only one watch. I think he's right. I think it's Sarah. Yeah. Well, anyway, yeah, he's a hemophiliac. <laughs> we know that now everything. Yes. Well, not anymore. Or is he? Now yeah. I think dun, he's a, dun, dun. now I don't think yeah. he has he, any hemo in him at all. Yeah, now he's now he's you know steeled against attacks. Wow! Oh, wow! <laughs> that just happened. <laughs> Maybe next episode he'll test his metal. Oh, Jesus! Oh, oh, here come the pun. Goodness gracious! <laughs> <laughs> oh man! And we just lost all of our listeners. Hey, <laughs> both of them. Sorry, Dad. I'll miss you. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, no. <laughs> handling so course you, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So the legends have a new leader now. It seems. Uh, well, they had two this episode. First off, uh, Victor Garber, in his delightful role as Doctor Stein, decided since everyone else in 1942 thought he was the leader that perhaps he should. But it turns out. He's not the best at it. Having some guy who's like super, you know, analytical and sciencey and like has to think about everything isn't probably the best choice to make tactical decisions on the fly. Kyle, what do you think? Um, I agree with I agree with you. Having having someone who has to think about every little thing may not be the best part, but it definitely having having Sarah be the new leader of the legends makes the most sense. She was kind of already in that role at the end of last season. So it, it, it makes a perfect fit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I agree. Cause it was kind of weird to me when they first off weren't just like everybody just point at Sarah because she's kind of been that, you know, shot caller. She, she understands, uh, you know, being an assassin and stuff like that. She understands that sometimes you have to make judgment calls and they're not always pretty. Cause like Ray, nah, he's, he's too nice. No. Yeah. Um, I mean, Jax, he, he's the ship's mechanic, so nobody seems to give him any credit outside of that. <laughs> and the fact that he's well, Firestorm, I suppose. Well, I mean, the big thing for me here was, I mean, think about it. Nineteen. The reason I think that Rex and the others look to Garber is that really, in 1942, we just started letting them rivet like last week. You know, as far as ladies go, I mean, you know, there wasn't a lot of... I, I thought that was great. I think if he naturally deferred to uh, White Canary on that, I keep wanting to call her Dinah, but if he, if he had a, you know, if he kept deferring to, to white Canary to Sarah like that, it would have, you know, it would have seemed unusual to me. So the fact that he looked at, you know, the, and they even addressed it, you know, you're the tall white haired white guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, they did go there and <laughs> cause well, that, that, that's what was weird to me is I get the JSA. I get them looking to Victor Garber or Victor, Dr. Stein and being like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. This guy has to be the leader because he's the oldest, whitest guy here. So that's, <laughs> that's, that's how it worked back then. Kind of, <laughs> <laughs> but it was strange to me that the other legends just kind of rolled with it. Uh, when, when, you know, Sarah's provided kind of that, leadership role in difficult times on missions and stuff in episodes in the past. So that's what was kind of weird to me, but he just ate it up and nobody seemed to really care. And so, uh, Dr. Stein was like, sure. Yeah, I'll do this. I got this. But he <laughs> No, he did. He, he kind of failed at it. He, he left both Ray and Vixen behind when they should have been going after them. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, he, it's a it's a prime example of you know street smart versus book smart, and I mean what it what it takes there. I mean, it's a certain level of being able to just instinctively know what to do in a crisis situation. It's really what a leader is. I mean, there is an absolute need for the cerebral type of leadership out there. Lord knows we could use it in this election. Anyway, <laughs> that was my political <laughs> moment. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, the reason Sarah is the leader is that Sarah could look at a situation, size it up in two seconds, and know a passable way for them to survive it. 
where Stein is so nervous about losing absolutely anyone that he's like, okay, no, I need to reanalyze this, and then I need to go think, and will you shut up? And blah, 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 where is Sydney? And blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, I keep doing Jack Bristow. Right? I love Alias. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Plus, you know, also, he, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead, Cal. Plus, also, Sarah's been with the League of Assassins before, so she has that. She's cool with people dying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's okay with being like, all right, uh, we need you to sacrifice yourself for the greater good. And, you know, whereas Dr. Stein would be like, um, no, let, let's sit here and think for a second. Right. But, but that's the thing. Like, that. you know, he, he can't think in the situation where everybody's talking and in a, you know, uh, uh, like high stress, you know, tactical situation like that, where there's going to be a lot of distraction, a lot of everything. It seems like that would be a terrible trait to have. <laughs> yeah. It's not being able to think with other people talking in the room. But That's luckily exactly we had it. Sarah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Luckily we had Sarah kind of step up there at the end and uh call the shots uh and help them eventually defeat super crazy Hulk Nazi, also known as Krieger, which is hilarious <laughs> to me because if any of you have seen Archer, you would know that there is also a Nazi scientist there who is named Krieger. <laughs> really? Well, I thought for well, sure they were going to go to. I thought for sure they were going to go to Baron Blitzkrieg on this, and the fact that he's called Grieger is kind of probably close to it. But there is a JSA villain. There is a World War II villain called Baron Blitzkrieg, who really? is like that. Just he's a he's a you know master race looking big, strong, burly guy. And the minute this all happened, I'm like, call him Blitzkrieg, call him Blitzkrieg, and they didn't. But you know, it was uh, yeah. It was like I think that's why they call him Krieger. Now that I think about it, but huh. yeah, same character, and he was involved in making Nate Haywood into Steel. So ah, interesting. So now was he was he uh, was he powered himself, Baron Baron Blitzkrieg? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so he wasn't just like a big. Hulk he had enhanced strength, agility, and endurance. He wore body armor that offered some protection from physical attack. He even had heat vision and could fly. Huh, there's a whole gamut of powers there. Yeah, basically, he was like evil Baron Superman. <laughs> <laughs> Baron von Superman. Baron von Superman. <laughs> Baron von Ubermensch. Exactly. If we're gonna go the German route, uh, but yeah, so this was neat too. Uh, because one of our, of my at least favorite uh, villains in the Arrowverse, I- I- Eobard Thawne, was the guy that gave him the Meta Serum. Now, this is something that's interesting. Do you guys think that perhaps Eobard got this from the future? Or is this, like, wh- where, where does this serum come from? Will, what do you think? I imagine it's some sort of concoction, like, that he got from the future from sort of, like, I don't know. Maybe they have potions R us in the 25th century, but he yeah. is, I think also a scientist. I mean, he gave himself his powers, so That's true. it's possible. He just came up with something that would work, you know, and I still kind of wonder why they want to change history. So the Germans win. That just seems kind of, you know, especially if you're a time traveler from the 25th century, you, you know, that could have serious repercussions. And, you know, we're dealing with a guy who, two years ago was almost erased from existence because his great, 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 great uncle Eddie decided to shoot himself in the heart. <laughs> so he might know a little bit about a paradox. Right. And that was kind of my contention with this, uh, with Eobard in this episode is that he hates the flash and he wants to ruin the flash's life. So I'm kind of curious as to how making the Nazis win world war two is going to ruin the flash's life. Kyle, do you have any thoughts on that? Like what is, what is Eobard's end game? I know this is kind of speculation, but I'm, I'm just curious as to what your thoughts are. I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's, it's all the time traveling. That's is just going on in my head right now. Is like, why isn't, why is Eobard here? Why isn't he, why isn't he erased from existence? Why is he? Yeah. Again. Yeah. Why is he doing all this? I, I think like maybe in like one or two more episodes, they're going to give us that answer. But right now it's they're they're screwing up the timeline so much that it's going to be really hard for it to repair itself, especially with having a speedster (laughs) coming in out of the blue and then just being like, oh, hi, here's a serum. And 
then later on in the episode of what happens. <laughs> well, and not only that, you have Barry over on the Flash ruining the timeline as well. So you have two speedsters in two different shows ruining two different timelines or two same timelines. We're not quite sure. Uh, yeah, that's uh, time travel. Yeah. yeah. yeah <laughs> OMG time. time. Yeah, o- OMG time. <laughs> OMG science time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, so uh, well, we're not exactly sure what Thawne's plan is, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on. But one thing we do know, especially from this episode, is that the JSA aren't the biggest fan of the legends. They they think they're amateurs. They don't really get what they're doing because, you know, this is a professional team of superheroes and this just seems like a ragtag group of people who are just kind of traveling through time, screwing stuff up as they go. So (laughs) there's definitely some animosity there. And I'm wondering how that's going to play into the rest of the season. Cause it seemed like at the end, Vixen at least uh, had, had grown to respect a little bit, but at the very beginning there, they were, they were not willing to work together. Will, what do you think? Do you think the JSA is going to soften up to them or are they going to keep that hardline stance? I've been living on the edge of a broken heart. I don't. Oh, sorry, I'm singing Vixen, and uh, <laughs> it's an '80s band. Look it up. Anyway, <laughs> um, no, I think you know. I think the animosity and all that comes from, you know, the idea that who who are these you know people that are wearing strange things and doing strange things and. Like you, you kind of hit on it. They're like, "We're the professionals. We've been doing this forever. We know what we're doing," and it's a little bit of a of an arrogance. And what they do, you know, what their anger at the legends is kind of like. The legends kind of came about because they said, "Hey, let's all go get in this ship, and we'll go fly around through time and space, and we'll fix things." Yeah, you know, and and they live their lives by control. I mean, you know. It was a chaotic time in our history, and here they are. They're trying to control as much as they possibly can. And the legends are kind of a chaotic element. I mean, they're liable to punch a Nazi right in the face for no apparent reason other than they didn't say Hail Hitler. <laughs> yeah, like that's, that's you know, Ray's, uh, you know, Boy Scout-isms going to the far extreme. You're deep undercover in Nazi Germany in a Nazi bar. And you're trying to like, you know, gather evidence and gather information and you don't howl Hitler when everybody howls Hitler like that, especially when he's singing Johnny B. Good. Yeah, I know. Yeah, they've got that (laughs) awesome Back to the Future reference there with from uh, from Dr. Stein. (laughs) Yes, we have a we have a a tune here in G. Watch me for the changes and try to keep up. (laughs) (laughs) It would have been great after he finished. He said, your kids are going to love it. Yeah, Uh, but (laughs) From this, and the best part is it was from the sound of music. Yes. <laughs> like if you're a theater geek, you were like, they're doing Edelweiss, which has everything to do with World War II. <laughs> it's funny how that works out. <laughs> but Kyle, what, what do you think? You think uh, the JSA was justified in their resentment initially of the legends or, or I mean, should they have given them more slack? Because these guys, you know, they're, they're, they're all heroes. You know, what do you think? I think the JSA were very justified in their actions. They just look at even uh, our man looking on the security feed, looking at how the legends were just bickering at each at each other. That shows that they weren't that they're not a well-oiled team or that they don't that they still don't even get along so much. So I can see why they're like, well, you guys are amateurs. Get out of the get out of our way. We'll do this ourselves. So, so yeah, I think, I think it was all very justified with everything. Yeah. And there is, uh, a lot of sort of what, I guess how you would put it, uh, you have like a, you know, kids versus the grown up sort of feel where it's, you know, we're professionals. We've done this before. You guys are amateurs. You're ruining time because we've seen you do it. (laughs) It's been, (laughs) it's like, you need to chill out a little bit. And I let the professionals handle it. That was kind of interesting. But uh, so 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 here's one thing. So we, we finally get to see a little bit more of uh, now. Gosh, who who was it who came and told them not to go back to 1942? Our Rex man. Tyler. Rex Taylor. Tyler. Tyler. Yeah. So our man. We kind of we finally kind of see what happens to him at the end of that conversation. So at the end of season one, uh, our man Rex Tyler comes to the legends and he's like, "I'm going, you know, you can't go do this thing." And then we have the cliffhanger, right? So now we finally see that he gets erased from time, 
Now, that was, I presume, because of what Eobar did at the end of the episode. But if it was, it wasn't like he was... Wait, I, I, I guess I'm kind of confused as to how that would erase him from existence. Him just being killed in the past. Will, what do you, what do you think? Do you think this is... Because like, you know, normally you would think that if he kills his father or if he kills, you know, if that was a descendant that came into the future, I don't know. But it, it's strange to me that Eobard simply killing him in the past made him flick out of time for the legends when they see him in 2016. Well, the truth is, is that I, I kind of interpreted that as he's been killed before. Like, they're going after this amulet, and they're grabbing this amulet from the JSA, and I get the feeling, like, in two weeks, like, they would go and take another artifact from the JSA war room and kill our man when they do it. Like, he keeps going back. And part of me thinks that, I mean, because obviously, I mean, he flickered out. They thought it was just a hologram. And he's like, no, you were erased from existence. And it's like, no, that's not how that works. Because, you know, if you're erased from existence, you kind of forget, like, you would forget they were there. They weren't, you know, I'm it's again, it's their way of doing time travel. That's kind of weird. Because, again, I mean, when Thawne was first erased, everybody remembered that Thawne was once there. It's not like they were like, oh, what were we doing in here again? So. <laughs> yeah, you would think if he's erased from existence that it would be like the entirety of existence, not just from that point forward. Right, because why did everybody in Flashpoint get forgotten and their histories get forgotten? Same kind of thing happened. They were erased from existence. That's but true. That's, that's another show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, this brings up some interesting things, and I think it's time to speculate on them. So what do we think that history is going to, have to say about our man now that he's dead and for presumably maybe not the first time, uh, Kyle, why is the, uh, him dying here in the past in 1942? What is, what is the significance of that in regards to the future in regards to, uh, you know, like Will was saying with them going and stealing these amulets and, and things like that. Uh, what do you, what do you think the ramifications of that are going to be? Aside from, you know, Vixen being super sad for like a while. For a while. Um, well, if it's if it's played out exactly how it should be with time travel and everything, um, the fact that he's that he died then means that he did not go back in time to War of the Legends. So they would still go to 1942 and everything. But that's not how this show works with time travel. Right. So um, it it means that I think like I think somewhere in the future, we're actually going to start seeing more of like um, like monuments and like statues of the JSA finally showing up around the place. So I think there's going to be definitely uh, like a statue of our man somewhere. Like if it's just on like a newspaper or in a photo, I think we'll f- I think we'll see that. Um, I think this is what leads uh, Vixen to go and travel with the rest of the legends on the Wave Rider to figure out and like to get quote unquote revenge for our man's death. Right, right. Because well, do you well, think that? that oh. oh, go ahead, Will. Well, here's the thing. I actually think she's going to go after him because what he right. said was before he died was time traveler. And then, you know, that could she, also that could mean the legends as well. That's what I mean. I think exactly. she's going to go after the legends thinking they killed him and took the amulet. Yeah, so she's going to come at him. She's going to come at him hard and they're going to have to convince her that they didn't do anything. And then, you know, then she'll join them to go on the quest against, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and it was interesting too because I, I had the same thought where you know he said time traveler, and and technically yes he's correct. Eobard's a time traveler, but she's probably not going to think it's the same time travelers. It's going to be clearly the the legends, the time travelers they just met. So what's interesting there to me is that this is going to be some. They're going to have to fight her, which should be fun to see. Uh, but uh, but also Kyle, to your earlier point, talking about the statues and stuff, I wonder if. Uh, since he, I guess they died. Since he died and 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 didn't retire, that perhaps there'd be monuments to him. I think that'd be neat too. 
But well, they, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure you could still retire and get a statue made in your honor. Well, right. But I mean, if you die, you know, there, there's more of a, you know, when, when Superman died, right? Yeah. You know, they built statues of him. But like if Superman retires, they just be like, yeah, you know, that's Superman guy. Yeah, he's in the Fortress of Solitude over there. It's pretty cool. <laughs> Maybe. Well, I don't, I don't know. know because, I mean, they, they went out of their way to be like, to kind of explain why the JSA wasn't known. They were like, it was a secret society of heroes that in the 40s and blah, blah, blah. Like they were, they were really kind of kept undercover. So I don't know that they would, I mean, and that was just a couple of aside lines, that's the way I interpreted it, that, you know, nobody knew about the JSA, which is why when Ollie shows up, it's not like they're used to seeing superheroes. They're like, what, why is he wearing a mask? What, why does he have a hood? (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. That makes sense. Yeah. So I don't know that, I don't know that they would give a statue, but I think there'll be something, you know? Yeah. Ah. Some kind of wink or nod that, that they were there and did stuff. Right. Yeah. Well, so another interesting thing that Eobard said right before he killed our man was that they had met before numerous times, in fact. Uh, so that's interesting, too, because this I know, Will, you were saying earlier that, that perhaps they're going to meet again and, and take other artifacts from the JSA trophy room. Uh, so this was the first time that our man had met Reverse Flash so does that mean that reverse flash is going to go back in time and, and into earlier periods in 1930s? And that's where the, the, uh, the legends are going to go to follow him. And because I mean, if he's met him numerous times, well, no, because you can't go backwards because then our man would know that he had met him before. Gosh, time travel is so confusing. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's, it's a river song thing. Uh, again, doctor who, thank you. But, um, you know, like, one one of them is traveling forward and one of them travels around time and they meet out of order. So I do think that maybe the legends won't be involved, but Eobard will, you know. Yeah. So, you know, he Rex Tyler met him for the first time here. And every time Rex Tyler meets him, it's the first time he's met him. Maybe he survived it. I still kind of think they're they're making a paradox and maybe that's how he's making his reverse speed force. Cause they like to say that the speed force has time. Oh wait, there's something. The speed force is made out of time. Maybe all these paradoxes that Eobard's doing is how his reverse speed force gets created. Ah, because he keeps timeline. Yeah. Because he keeps killing, you know, our man in, in the future, you know, or keeps going back in time to kill him before he killed him the last time. So, it creates a paradox. Maybe it creates energy and, you know, he siphons that into some reverse speeds force. And again, I'm just spitballing here, <laughs> but we'll, we'll definitely figure it out soon. I hope I, well, I, you know, it might be one of those things that, that they delay explaining or don't explain at all just because time travel is so complicated. Right. But, uh, one of the things though, that I'm, that I'm curious about is, uh, the explanation for the amulet. Now this, this amulet, I, I wouldn't think that reverse flash would be concerned with an amulet uh, much in the same way that I wouldn't think he'd really care about giving a super serum to Nazis to make them win world war two, because I figured he'd be more concerned with like ruining Barry's life. So uh, this, this amulet, is there any, like it, it, I didn't, there's nothing in the comics about this thing. Is it, is this based on anything or is it just a, uh, just a random MacGuffin that they throw in? Will, what do you, do you know anything about this amulet? No, I haven't seen anything about it before. Like I, I in fact, I would have liked to have seen one of the things they have. Like, uh, you know, the they do have artifacts that DC has that are like, um, that are like you know the thing, the Infinity Stones and Marvel and stuff. And they could very easily have used maybe the Spear of Destiny or something like that. You know, and maybe these are what they are. That maybe they're pieces that create a Spear of Destiny of some sort or. You know, something to that extent. I think these are parts to something bigger. I don't think they're, you know, in and of themselves important. Interesting. So I just Googled this amulet and nothing solid pops up. But the very first thing that does pop up is Adriana Tomez. And for those who don't know, this is Black Adam's wife, Isis. Oh. So, it, so this amulet may have some uh, connection to uh, why can't I think of the word? Uh, Kondak, 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 yeah, Kondak, yeah. The 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 main air, the main uh, area in I'm gonna say Egypt, where Black Adam and 
Um, Iris and Osiris are heavily featured. And, by the way, Shaira and Qatar, or wait, were they Carter and Shaira then? Well, Carter and like, Shaira. Yeah. Were, well, I think he was Qatar back then. Were also a part of that history retconned in. So that would be another thing, and that'd be another way to bring them back. It could be. So or, are we going to see the wizard Shazam? God, I wish. I don't that, think so, just because of the okay. movies. Because of ah, the that's rock. that's true. That yeah. too. <laughs> the rock. <laughs> the rock has prevented well, us from seeing yeah. the wizard. I mean, this amulet and being back from like 1942 World War Two, it just it it just I think of like uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, where they use the amulet to find the yeah, the like, like 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 yeah, like a like a map compass or something like that. Yeah. Okay. So that's all I've got. I mean, it's it was just weird that this that when I googled it, it came up with Isis about the DC character Isis. Yeah. So that's interesting then, because it, it it doesn't seem that it's too terribly important in the DC universe, aside from its affiliation with uh, the character Isis. But well, it's not really so much affiliated. It's the only thing that popped up when I googled it, and that was the very first thing that did. So yeah. it it may be uh, very in in the Arrowverse might be very loosely based or um, yeah based upon them. Gotcha. So yeah, more speculation. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> here's the thing. I just I just researched something uh, that basically um, they will eventually run into Obsidian again. They're going to end really? up in 1987, and Lance Hendrickson from Millennium, and I think he was also in one of the Aliens movies. Uh, he's going to be there as Todd Rice. So <laughs> you got to fill me in, Todd Rice. That's Obsidian's uh, real name. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So yeah, he's going to, they're basically TVLine.com says, well, Vixen keeps stabbing the legends. The show will find other ways to incorporate the JSA, even as it leaves their 1942 stomping grounds. For starters, we do go back to 1987, where we'll meet a much older version of Obsidian, who's going to be played by Lance Hendrickson, Guggenheim previews. Then we have another device set up our sleeves that I don't want to spoil because it deals with stuff that is mythology based in the back half of the year. I think I think they're going to Egypt. <laughs> yeah. Are we going to yeah. see Vandal Savage again? No. God, I hope he not. He's still back in time. He was still there. Yeah. I mean, like, what if, what if they show up? And then, like, you know, oh. Carter's there. And uh, Yes. And then we will have to listen to somebody talking like this. <laughs> all the time. So, wait, his, his name is Todd Rice. Why isn't it uh, Todd Scott? Because uh, him and Jenny Hayden were both uh, foster children. Oh, okay. So his sister and him were were put into the foster homes because Thorne, who was their mother, who was actually a villain of the JSA, who kind of got with you know Alan Scott, was uh, she didn't tell him that he had kids. He didn't find out till way later. Okay. So, yeah, she's not very nice. <laughs> <clears throat> and uh, oh yes, and we are on the right track because on the same article they say, and if you're a vixen and you've got Rex Tyler dying dying in your arms and you hear the words time traveler. Who would you think is responsible? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that so. totally makes sense. I can see her going after the legends. Uh, it, it'll be curious how she manages to, to track them. Like, is it going to be something where she's like, oh, hey, guys, you know, just one more thing before you go. I'm going to kill you all. And she's like, you know, jumps on the ship and starts you know, beating the tar out of them. I don't know. But uh, yeah, she, she's going to definitely try and, 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 you know, solve this mystery. And uh It'll be interesting to see <laughs> because, I mean, she's got to – I'm pretty sure by herself she could do some pretty nasty work on the rest of the Legends. Oh, she could, especially with that amulet. Yeah, yeah. And she I got it love back. It if she, that. I would love it if she has a kid, right, so that Mari can be born, that puts herself in, like, some sort of butterfly cocoon for 40 years to try to find the Legends in, like, 1960. <laughs> <laughs> And she's like, I put myself in a cocoon and woke myself up to find you. You know. <laughs> well, so and, and, and was it just me or was there a little spark of a relationship there between Ray and Vixen? Uh, just a little bit. Just going to try so. to shove him kissing somebody down our throats. Yep, that's the, the, <laughs> they the, the really are. Fun. You know, Ray's a pretty boy. He's gotta. He's gotta. You know, have a have some kind of relationship. It's like, listen, Clark, back to back off. 
Back yeah. off. <laughs> yeah, because every time he opens his mouth, I do still think of Superman Returns. I mean, he's Ray, and I think it's great, but... Well, every time they, they call him the Boy Scout, I just yeah. think of him being <laughs> Superman. Yeah. Say what you will about Superman Returns, but I do like Brandon Routh's portrayal of Superman. I thought the I movie did too. Was... The problems, yeah, the problems yeah. I had with that movie were the writing. Let's put it this way. You have Superman, and he doesn't punch anything at all. Go watch that movie again. He never punched anything. Well, not only that, uh, he doesn't... Yeah, he doesn't punch anybody. So, you know, he, obviously he's, he's going to have trouble killing anybody, uh, he, which Superman doesn't do. He doesn't kill people, right? Uh, but his son, his superpowered son, throws a piano on a dude and kills him. And and so, <laughs> and they just never address that boys fact. Will that be boys, that's cute. <laughs> hey, that, that's locker room murder, okay? <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that was, and plus the whole plot of that movie was uh, a rehash of the first Superman movie. Yeah. But anyway, anywho, this is legends. TV talk, not Superman returns TV talk. Even though Superman from Superman returns is on legends TV talk. (laughs) And there is a Superman on TV. Now that's true. That's true. Maybe. And and I've heard rumors that there's going to be a spinoff of that show. No, 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 no. In fact, I'd rather see him show up on legends to tell you the truth, but it won't happen either. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Would be yeah, nice. they've already botched those rumors. Ah, okay, okay. Well, anywho, so uh, at the end of the episode, we see that Ray gives up this. This he, he so so. What did he? I, I guess my DV, you know, the TV cut out all that kind of stuff. So he made uh, a super soldier serum that didn't have the roid rage side effects, or was it like a meta serum? Like what did what did he? What exactly did he make there? And he, he uh, with with the help of Doctor Erskine, he created Captain. Oh, wait. Sorry, wrong, wrong, wrong universe. <laughs> um, he reverse engineered the serum they had is, is okay, kind of so, what happened. And just kind of made it so that he can use it uh, without the, the the bad side effects. Yeah, I think what the what they were trying to do was, I think, and, and this is where they kind of failed. It's she shoehorns in the, you know, he's showing Vix in the suit and she's like, well, you're not a hero. Yeah. And. And so I think he it's kind of played with his mind already that he's just a dude in a suit and he's iron at him. And, you know, I mean, I kind of just want to know, I mean, are they going to change Ray's powers? You know, are they going to make it so so that it's more internalized and only has to do is wear the belt like, you know, the atom does and make him actually look like, you know, the atom. Well, so that's a that's a question I have is the Adam in the comic. I know he's got the belt buckle that uh, can can. It, it, is it kind of like an a, like an extremist Iron Man suit where he pushes the belt buckle and it just kind of like comes out of his skin around him? So he's sort of like he's not just a man in a suit, but he's a man with a suit that's sort of like symbiotically linked to him. Do you think that's where they're going to go with this, or or uh, uh, are they going to expand on the fact and maybe give Ray some kind of powers outside of the suit, or or at least give him some kind of training or something? I don't know. It's it's. That's interesting. Because well, it was always the, it was always the belt buckle. It was always the belt that did it. The okay. belt used white drawer from Star Matter and would allow him to alter his size without altering his like density or whatever. So he could lift things when he was smaller because he had the strength of a normal man. Yeah, but yeah, it it's kind of his power set's always been kind of weird. Okay. I mean, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Kyle. I mean, I don't know how much you know about the atom either, but. Um, from, from what I know, it's, it's like Ant-Man from Marvel. So, but just Adam. So yeah, yeah, it's like the strength of superhuman strength when you're small and then can go small or big and knock out giant robots from a season prior. Yes. (laughs) And And I think this and not have any like. Stress on your body whatsoever from going well, small to big or big to small. Right? The, the suit? Well, it's the suit, yes, but <laughs> you're also the bones are the one. Your bones are also increasing and decreasing in size and so mass, it's like, too. It's like it's like the suit shrinks down and all you see is just red mist as his body's just <laughs> <laughs> pulped and squeezed out of the uh, out of the joints of the suit. Yeah, that would be terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> that so, would be. Uh, but yeah, so so he uh, d- uh, reverse engineers the serum, uh, gives it to 
Nate in order to save his life. Does he know that that's going to save his life? Or is he just like, hey, it's a hemophiliac. We have a meta power stuff. I'm just going to, again, I missed this part of the episode, so I didn't really see exactly how it happened. Did he just run over to him and inject him with it? Like, how did that go down? And 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 and, and did they show, because this is what I was thinking they were going to go with it uh, when I read that, you know, he helped Nate. Uh, was there a struggle? Was he like, I could use this to give myself powers and prove Vixen that I'm, you know, not just a guy in a suit or I can save this other guy. Was there a struggle there or was he just, you know, selflessly uh, saving Nate? Kyle, it was did, probably like a one or two second struggle. And then he's like, oh, hey, yeah, I have the serum. I can help. Well, so, so it wasn't very long. Uh, so now that he has the serum, though, will they will like you were saying, will they will they let him use it so that he can change his powers? Will he bond with the suit? I don't think they're going to bring the serum back again. Actually, I think what they're doing is laying the groundwork for the... Again, I really think with this invasion storyline coming up with a crossover, that they're going to drop a meta bomb. They're going to drop the gene bomb on them. And I think what the gene bomb did was it gave powers to certain people who didn't... You know, they said you have a dormant meta gene. Sound familiar? (laughs) Um, You have a dormant meta gene that allowed... You know, when this bomb went off, it it interacted with that dormant menagene and you got powers. Yeah, Maxwell Lord's not back on Supergirl, and I don't think he's making the trip over even if he was. So I could see them being like, all of a sudden, Ray Palmer's got the power to shrink without the suit. You know, and it's what he's always wanted. So his heart's like three sizes too big that day. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I don't know. It's tough to say. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know where they're going to go with it. It's 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 interesting to see him. You know, he almost injected himself with it, and then he doesn't. And they they make a very pronounced point that Vixen says you're just a guy in a suit. Because even without her amulet, she makes the point that she's a you know fifth degree black belt with all sorts of other kind of training and stuff like that. Well, you know, Ray doesn't have that. So yeah, it, it would be. But then again, though, you got to take into mind the the budget aspect, right? Because now we have uh, Commander Steel the nate version of commander steel with the actual metal skin that we see is going to be coming up we'll call him citizen steel citizen steel yeah so we got citizen steel because yeah he went in the military so he wasn't a commander so he's got to be a citizen (laughs) and and, and so is there enough budget for another cgi superhero character well i think this gets them away from using the suit in cgi Oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You know, they, they won't have to worry about the suit anymore. That buys them a little bit more money. They won't have the energy blasts. Maybe he'll just turn into, I'm really small and have the strength of myself. And I'll climb into your ear and punch your brain. Yeah, exactly. But now he can't fly, then. No, he can't he fly could. around. No, he could. He could? And could fly, or Adam could fly, because what he would do is he could alter his density, molecular density, and ride up. <laughs> and ride wind currents <laughs> <laughs> like a leaf on the wind watch how i soar yeah it, <laughs> it's not exactly the best power it's kind of like wonder woman i don't fly i glide okay <laughs> but you keep up with superman okay good to go good to yeah. know <laughs> and so so speaking of uh new powers uh the episode uh preview for next week we get to see a little bit of citizen steel and his steel skin, which is very, very convenient when you are a hemophilic. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I didn't get to catch the, uh, the new episode bit as well, but uh, was it a Colossus? Was it like the banded sort of steel or was it, was it the, uh, Oh gosh, what was the guy's name from flash uh, season one? Girder. Yeah. Girder. Or was it like a girder kind of steel? No, it was just kind of shiny one. Piece. It was kind of like a girder. Yeah, I guess it was kind of girderish. So I would assume since they have that VXF or VXF done or VFX, there we go. VFX. <laughs> yeah. On the flash that it, you know, they, they could, I'm sure they're going to like, you know, try to utilize other things there. So that could be, that could be something that they do. Um, but yeah, that's kind of convenient that now he cannot have his skin be penetrated by stuff because, you know, if it did, he'd bleed to death. So this is, this is great for him. Yeah. It's, it's great when the plot works out. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. When it's, it, <laughs> It's great when they bring in a character from the comics who has, shares the same name and now has the same powers. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, d- 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 does Commander Steel, the the actual JSA Commander Steel, does he have uh, super hard skin or something like that? Because he survived that blast pretty handedly, the, the bombs dropping on them while they're... Which, by the way, when you're 
running away from a bombing run, don't stop driving. Yeah. Just, just yeah. words of the wise there. Just, just don't stop driving. Just You can look back after the bombs have fallen and then go you know, investigate all you want. Just don't stop. Just, just good idea there. But but anyway, yeah, so Commander Steele, the JSA member, d- does he have the uh, uh, super hard skin or metallic things or anything like that? Or is it just a name, Commander Steele? Kyle? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't notice it. They really, I don't think they really addressed it. I, I did miss the first minute and a half of the episode where they were fighting. I was like, oh, look, the sky's dark. It must be Obsidian. Um, so I didn't see that part. Uh, so I, maybe they talked about it there. But otherwise, no, they didn't talk about it. They just kind of... He just ran around with a gun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they didn't talk about it in the in the um in the show, but I don't know about for the actual character, like in the comics. Oh, in the character in the comics, I think he does, yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah, I, I mean it's just yeah, and he survived a bomb. <laughs> yeah. You you gotta you gotta have something special about you if you can survive a bomb landing on your motorcycle that you're currently driving and survive. It's pretty impressive. Exactly. Uh, yes, you know, speak, we don't even think we talked about this, did we? The, the, speaking of the fight between the JSA and the, uh, the legends, that was a pretty cool fight scene. I like that. That was pretty cool. <laughs> Visual effects were up there. They looked really good. Uh, nice choreography in the fights and star girl can, uh, separate firestorm with ease. Yeah. I did like yeah. that. <laughs> just shoot him with his, <laughs> with her magic staff. And he's just like done. I wish we had more time with like, with the JSA. Like with uh, Doctor Midnight and Star Girl and Obsidian, but we, yeah. we really only got a chance to go with um, uh, Commander Steel, Our Man, and Vixen. Yeah, I didn't yeah, like Doctor Midnight. I really didn't like. I, every time he opened his mouth, it was like, it. I really, it was like they found like the guy manning the food truck, and they were like, "Hey, can we put goggles on you?" Because he was just like, "And now I am going to go over here." And look around with my goggles. I mean, it was, he had his, it was awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it's, you know, when you, when you start getting these giant casts, like we have with the JSA and the legends on the screen at the same time, uh, you know, they're going to give more emphasis to other characters. And yeah, you're probably right. There's like, Hey, uh, who's that guy behind the craft services table? We need somebody else. Does he, you know, fit this costume? Oh, he does. Great. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, but you know, you have these, Oh, go ahead. His power set looked uh, looked pretty well, and from what uh, Will told us about uh, Doctor Midnight, how he's blind and how he could see everything in the dark, it it worked visually. It did, yeah, yeah, it really did, and that was super cool, also because it kind of showed us the, the the tactical mindset of the JSA. Because you know you have Commander Steel giving the order to go and, and make everything dark, and so he does, and they're they're able to tactically fight within that setting because they've all trained together they know how it works and even though the legends have been together for a while they really don't have any tactics where they where they fight together like you know the x-men they have the you know the the fastball special and the different maneuvers and stuff the avengers have the same kind of thing where they have uh you know attack formations and stuff that they do the legends team hasn't really gotten any of that and I, I wonder if we're going to see that in the future, if they're going to develop in such a way after at least meeting the JSA and seeing how well they work together to do some training exercises. You know, it, it, it seems like it might benefit them. I don't know. Well, you know, the Justice Society does their best work in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> Is that true? Because it seems like it. Sorry, that was creepy. <laughs> <laughs> Just a bit. <laughs> well, all in all, Great episode. Uh, I, I enjoyed it a lot. I'd love to see actually the JSA, you know, fight with our legends. Uh, it's good to see that going on. Uh, any final thoughts on the episode, Kyle? No, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, hon- it's honestly, was a really good straight and forward. Good episode. I mean, I really wish they would have uh, spent more time with the JSA, but you know, time constraints and moving the, moving the story forward is that's what's there. Um, I mean, I'm looking forward to next week where they're going to feudal Japan and samurais. So yeah, I'm looking forward to next week. What about you, Will? I thought it was a lot better. Like I said, I thought it was a lot better than last week. I feel like they crammed two episodes in one last week. So it, it pulled you out of it. The pacing was better. I would like to see that this, you know, the, the interaction with the JSA forces them to become a better team. Like, they yeah. start saying, you know, 
maybe we should do this if we're going to really be a team now. And I mean, you know, I'd like to see some, you know, follow through on that because I think I do think this show does suffer from Star Trek disease, which is, you know, they're the crew goes to a planet, they solve the problem and they fly away and there's no repercussions. It's, you know, <laughs> it's why they can change the timeline and they don't really deal with it because they're all the point of view character. But Flash, if he changes the timeline because he's not running through the galaxy after he's done, you have to deal with the changes you make in the timeline. So I'd like to see them. This could be that so that they can kind of serialize this show a little bit more. Yeah, and, and I, I agree with you there. I would love to see some teamwork between the the legends, mainly because most of them are melee combatants. And anytime that you go where there are firearms and missile weapons, it's really bizarre to me to see like all the Nazis in this episode, which by the way, I love spending time in 1940s with like the Nazi stuff. It, it's, it's, it's super cool to me. Like I love that time period in movies. It's, it's super fun, but it's weird when you have a bunch of Nazis with guns and they don't shoot anybody. Like there was a guy who was manning the 50 caliber machine gun on the back of that uh, Jeep who just I hopped off and went to go fight, you know? <laughs> So I, I'm hoping we can see some, yeah, yeah. I'm hoping we can see some teamwork where maybe something like we get some transmutation where, uh, you know, uh, white canary makes the call to firestorm. She's like, okay, transmute. They got guns. We need some transmutation. And then firestorms like, bam, transmutes all the weapons into like flowers or something like that. And then it makes more sense for them to get in these giant melee sprawls, which are fun to you know watch, but don't really make any sense when you have a bunch of unarmed combatants versus a bunch of combatants with machine guns. And that that would be neat to me. I would like to see that kind of stuff. So these are not characters you would design in DCUO? <laughs> <laughs> that, that is correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I would definitely make a character that could withstand either gunshots or have some means of getting rid of guns. Because when you have guns, it's a problem you have to address. And if you don't, it just gets kind of silly. Well... Uh, it looks like we're out of time, but if you want to keep in touch with us while we travel a time stream, here's how you can follow me on Twitter at ring that bell spelled B E A L L. Uh, you can follow me, uh, on Twitter at Kyle Krause 89, or you can follow me on Twitter at W R Benson, or actually I also started my own separate little geeky podcast. Look up the we can geek with will podcast and iTunes or satchel. If you like this show, check out some of the other TV talk shows, Supergirl TV talk, Starkville labs and flash TV talk with yours truly. And also check us out on iTunes. And don't forget you can download all of the TV talk podcasts on the satchel podcast player. And as always you stay legendary multiverse. <laughs>